Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The stuff I hear from this chair. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Mike Del Tufo at his peak. Del Tufo has a faster burst than Lawrence Taylor. 100%. My brother Frank couldn't catch me. I was one of the fastest kids around. That's all I could do is run and roller skate. Earlier on the show, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Vikings linebacker Zadarius Smith. Coming up from Amazon Freebies Tropo, actor Thomas Jane. Plus, your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now. My brother Frank couldn't catch me. It's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show on the air here on NBC Sports on Peacock. And we say hello in hour number three to everybody listening, whether it's on NBC Sports Audio, Sirius Channel, uh, Sirius XM Channel 85, or the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network Coast to Coast. We say hello to our Odyssey app listeners. And then, of course, there's our podcast listeners. It's your damn right to download us whenever you darn well please. I don't mean to curse, but I just feel that very <laughs> strenuous way about our podcast listeners uh, who get our podcast on the Cumulus Podcast Network and YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for anything that you may have missed over our first uh, couple of hours of the show. Chris Brockman is in his usual spot with, up, along Rich? with uh, DJ Mikey D, Mike Del Tufo, uh, TJ Jefferson in his spot as well, as always. On? And thrilled to have here on the Rich Eisen Show kicking off hour number three. Uh, the show, the Australian crime drama, if you will, takes place in uh, Down Under, as I'm mandated to say as an American sports broadcaster. Uh, Trapo premieres this Friday, May 20th, on Amazon Freebie, the former IMDb TV uh, the star of so many terrific television shows and movies that I'm a fan of. A fan of this man, Thomas Jane. Good to see you, sir. My pleasure. How My are you? Pleasure. I'm okay. I I realize I just realized I should have worn deodorant this morning. That's okay. We're just a, we're, we're a few <laughs> we're a few feet separate. We're a few feet separate. No, it's just me. I'm just uh, bathing in my your own musk. <laughs> Is that what you're doing right now? <laughs> well, it's good to see you, if not smell you from afar. Um, good to have you here on this program. You're from Baltimore. Baltimore? Is that your That's where right. from originally? I was, I was born out there and grew up uh, outside of Washington, D.C., okay. a Maryland boy. Okay. So did you grow up any uh, as a sports fan of any of the uh, mid-Atlantic uh, The Steelers, fans? you know. It was oh. the 70s, and we lived near Pennsylvania uh, at one point. And when I was a kid, I mean, it was all about the Steelers, Steel Curtain and Lynn Swan and just the whole thing. So those are your guys growing up. Yeah. And then I got a little older and the Redskins, the John Riggins era. Sure. Of Reds, the Redskins. The Joe that, Gibbs coached era. That was fun. Right. You know, and then I kind of fell out of, uh, I played football in high school and mm-hmm. I was a tight end and a guard. 
You know, I was not that big, so I had to just, I would instantly just cut them. Just cut, cut the knees. <laughs> go for the legs. Cut the knees. All, right. Drive people nuts. Did you ever go to RFK? Did you ever see a game there? At the, uh, at the old RFK where Washington played their football games? I, I know. where they. Yes, probably. You know, if I did, it was only once. Okay. And then, the, uh, of course, the Orioles built their new stadium Camden Yards. When, I was, uh, when I was over there. And it was brand new at right. the time. That was a big deal. Um, but yeah, you know, I know just, just a little football, you know, and then of course, uh, got older. I, I got, uh, I got to do the 61 with, yes. with Billy Crystal, play Mickey Mantle and uh, learn how to play baseball. Reggie Smith, who was a number two switch hitter behind Mantle mm-hmm. for a long time. He taught me, he taught me with a samurai sword and a two by four. And you had to balance on the two by four and swing the sword. Reggie closed his eyes and he could tell what you were doing wrong by the sound the blade made through the air. Never let me touch a baseball bat for two weeks. Is that right? Yeah. But I got to tell you, man, Reggie told me something made me cry one day. We were practicing and we had a good couple of months to really bone up on the mantle swing yes. from both the left and the right. And um, he said, man, if your dad had started you when you were four, mm-hmm. the way they do all the other, he goes, you could have been a player. And that, and that uh, I'll never forget that. So, I mean. I'll never forget that. I, I, he goes, you got that thing that I can't teach you, you know, and that's that's whatever that is. That, that's that thing that makes you be able to hit a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. Makes you a natural to play Mickey Mantle, obviously. And I imagine that had to be in some form of, pressure if there's any such a oh thing my God. i mean when yeah. you're you know and i met his sons and and so, yeah i mean the big burden is to is to please the people who are closest to mickey of course you know i mean that that's that was the focus for me and and to make them proud and what was know? it like uh, to be directed by billy crystal and i could you, you, i've done a lot of work over the years and when people ask me what was your favorite show i always say 61 because Billy was, not only did he know every single play of every game, every inning, every game of that 61 season. Mm -hmm. So every time the extras are out there and and we are shooting the baseball scenes, that's all an accurate recreation of a real game. We weren't just tossing the ball around. It was phenomenal. I mean, his encyclopedic knowledge of baseball, and then he's always cracking jokes, and he's got a great personality, and everybody loved him. Well, I mean, you was, you as uh, Mantle and uh, Barry Pepper as Roger Maris. Maris, you guys looked exactly like them. Yeah, we I did mean, like pretty good. An image, you know, we did you know, good. Bill, Billy used to say, you know, you could turn around. He goes, "Man, from the back, you look just like Mantle." <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad thomas jane here uh, on the rich eisen show uh before we get into further parts of your filmography and so much more let's talk about tropo right here uh again it premieres friday may 20th on amazon freebie um you play an ex-cop who's falsely accused of a crime i don't want i don't want to give away too much but you wind up running off to australia to escape matters and you find more mm. matters. Is that the appropriate that's the idea way to, to try not to give away too much here? That's yeah, on freebie it, here. It really is. It's a, it's based on a novel by Candace Fox, who's an Australian mystery writer. Yes. She's fantastic. She co-writes with James Patterson. Figure if Patterson's going to work with her. She's got to be pretty good. She is. She's great. 
And so we got sent this uh, novel. I had a production company, Renegade, mm -hmm. and we just started in 2019. One of the first things that came across the desk was this novel and just blew us away because the characters are so are so cool. You know, there's there's a lot of meat to, on the bone. He gets a cute. I'm, I'm an American, been living in Australia for 10 years, married to an Australian woman with an Australian kid. And it's the kind of thing that when you, you're a detective on a police force and you get accused, it's the kind of crime where they start camping out on your front lawn and following your kids to school and splashing you all over those supermarket rags. So he just implodes, packs up his 1973 Peugeot and <laughs> nice. his rally car and, and the kind that sat in the garage and you swear to God you're going you're gonna to fix it up one day and it just sits there for five years. Packs it up and takes off to as far north Queensland, Australia, as you can get. And that's basically where people go to disappear. And believe it or not, it, it still is a place. I went up there. It's a place where people from all over the world, you never know who you're going to run into up there. But they're always running away from something. You, one of the few places where you can actually get lost. And he goes up there to basically kill himself. You know, his life is over. And he gets entangled with this 25-year-old shaved head tattooed woman named Amanda, Amanda Farrell. And she just got out of prison for killing her best friend. Sounds like a great person you'd want to be. <laughs> so, of course, he wants nothing to do with her, but just can't seem to get rid of her. And these two, these two people who have, you know, had their lives basically crushed. Her, when she was in high school, spent 10 years in prison. Me, you know, recently, they're, they're the most opposite kind of people that you could imagine. But but yet they share in common this tragedy. And through their relationship, they they, they start to work work that out. You know, Trapo on um, the former IMDb TV, now known as Freevee, premiering Friday, May 20th. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a list of questions that we um, are, oh, are, I'd love to ask you. We we play a game with our celebrity guests, Thomas Jane, called Celebrity True or False. You tell us oh my if God. what we're reading is true or false about your career, okay? Oh, okay. okay. Well, this, we, this I should get a couple of them right. I think you should. <laughs> uh, and we have uh, some great uh, production value to, to the start. Go ahead, hit it, please. Celebrity True or False. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. There you go. All right. <laughs> All right, Thomas Jane, first up in Celebrity True or False for you. You started your acting career in an Indian Telugu language film? Telugu. Telugu, yeah. my part, my bad. Uh, 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 the, in 1987? Oh, and, my God. And you were paid in the form of an RV that was used to drive the crew around, and you sold it to buy a 69 Camaro. Is that true or false? <laughs> uh, well, it has to be true. I mean, how could it not? So that is true. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. They, you know, the, it was my introduction to producers. You shoot the whole movie and they're like, uh, about that payment, about that paycheck. Take the cruise RV. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, you know, we don't need, we're going back to India. So <laughs> you take the ride or not. That's usually it. <laughs> Actually drove that thing around for a while, and then and then I it broke down <laughs> on the New Jersey Turnpike. Oh, what exit? <laughs> broke down on the freeway, and uh, and I left it there. And then I I managed somehow to call a guy who said, "Listen, I'll tow it away for you." And he had a '69 Camaro convertible, 
and we made that trade. He was going to fix it up, and he was a mechanic. And so that's wow. how I got that oh, beautiful, my favorite car, 69 Camaro convertible with a black matte paint. You know, didn't really have a paint job. I drove that thing around. I love how your answer to when you hear that story, Mike, is what exit did you break down on in the New Jersey Turnpike? turnpike. It's a turnpike. You, you're like, did you at least push it to the Admiral Hall's you rest stop? Like, were you able to do that? All right, so that's true. Uh, next one, you kind of hit on this one. Um, prior to playing Mickey Mantle in 61, you had never played baseball in your life and didn't know much about it before being cast. That's true or false? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely true. You know, you never say that uh, no, to I mean, a director when you're auditioning for the job, you know. So right. Billy Crystal, you know, and he's like, so, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, no, no, no. I played baseball my whole life. My dad used to put the front yard, <laughs> throwing the ball around. So then we get over the Reggie Smith's camp which is out in the valley, Billy shows up. Mm -hmm. I'm there. Reggie's there. He's looking me over. And uh, and uh, Reggie throws me a, a ball, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the ball, and I go, now, how do you hold this ball? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and Billy Crystal just kind of went, oh, God. <laughs> but Reggie Smith taught you how to hit using a sword? He, he did sure that? did, yeah. Two by four and a samurai sword. And uh, never let me touch a baseball bat for the first two weeks. I had to balance on the two by four while I swung the samurai sword. Reggie would close his eyes and he could tell by the sound the blade went through the air what I was doing wrong and how, how to how to make adjustments. That the angle was wrong because... Yeah, absolutely, because, because if it's not a perfect uh, swing... right. The blade will will vibrate and make noise. If it's a perfect swing, you barely hear it at all, right? Because the air the air is being cut so so perfectly, right? But if you're off a little bit, you're you're gonna you're gonna hear that as the blade goes through the air. I've never heard of that before. Wow. Reggie yeah. Smith, he was the Amazing. he was he was absolutely phenomenal. Could never have done the job that we did, me and Barry Pepper who played Roger Maris. We could have never done that without Reggie. That's a, he was a great ball player, Reggie Smith. And a great uh, teacher. Next great one man. for you, Thomas Jane, celebrity, true or false? True or false? In one of the fight scenes in uh, The Punisher, uh, uh, somebody forgot to replace the real knife with a prop knife, and you wound up stabbing the seven foot four pro wrestler Kevin Nash with that. Oh. Is that true or false? That was a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to bring it up. I got to tell you, man. You know, when, and when you, when you, I was swinging around and grabbing the prop knife, and I, and he's there, and I plunge it into his chest, which is up here, mm -hmm. and it, it stabs him, and it goes in, and I'm looking at the knife, I'm looking at him, Kevin, he's just looking down at me, and I'm look, there's a knife sticking out of his chest. I got him right about here. Damn. Yeah, wow. that was rough. And he was so, you know what made it worse? Because he was so nice about it. <laughs> you wow. wanted him to be pissed at oh you? Oh, my God. You're like, okay, this guy's going to knock me across the room as just out of uh, reflex, you know? And uh, he just sat there, looked at the knife, looked at me, shook his head. <laughs> yeah, I, I sent him a couple cases of beer. I remember right. <laughs> that sounds about right. Wow. Okay, so that's true. Wow. Uh, now I'm 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 very proud of myself that I've had this long of a conversation with you, Thomas Jane. I have not mentioned the word boogie nights yet because uh, this uh, is one of the remote drop movies for me. Hey, doesn't uh, matter okay. where I pick it up or that's, when I pick it up. Uh, I must watch it to its conclusion. That's one of those movies. Yeah. 
I agree. For sure. And then uh, the famous scene uh, with um, you and Alfred Molina and obviously Wahlberg and John C. Riley, right. Um And the uh, drug dealer scene. The firecrackers, true or false, were not originally in that Boogie Night script scene. True My understanding is that uh, I don't remember the firecrackers in the script. I do remember reading that scene and thinking it was so great that I wanted to audition for that character, Todd Parker, because there were a bunch of ro- different roles that were open. I said, I, that's the role for me, and mm-hmm. I got that role. And My understanding is that Paul was at a party, and a buddy of his was doing exactly that. Just throwing Randomly throwing firecrackers at this <laughs> party, and so he asked him, that guy, he's like, mm-hmm. I'm filming this scene uh, you know, this weekend. Come on, come on down and, and do that. So he got so the guy in the movie is the, the guy fu- from the party that was throwing the firecrackers. <laughs> oh, so Cosmo is Cosmo's a, Cosmo's a, a friend of Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> at the time. Yeah, that's my understanding. <laughs> okay, so Cosmo, <laughs> Cosmo he's Chinese. <laughs> okay, so that yeah. what, what that was it, and that was it. He came down there. We sh- took took a couple of days to shoot that movie, and uh, so how many you know, firecrackers did he have? The first few. <laughs> The first few take, first few takes, you know, all the actors are, ah, you know, because he's doing them random. He's just right. tossing them out there. But then we start getting used to it, you know. And after a while, you become desensitized. Right. So uh, the first AD was having to resort to all kinds of different things to try to get a reaction out of us, clapping wood together, firing off a blank gun, you know. Uh, like a starter's to, gun? Yeah, yeah, to try to get to get that startle reaction from everybody. Because because uh, we were shooting it for so long, firecrackers. You know, it, I guess it's like war. You know, and sure. at first you're like freaked out, and then it just becomes you're eating your lunch and bombs are going off. So if you're driving around a car and Sister Christian comes on the radio, you think of that scene too, right? <laughs> Actually, um, you don't. Christer, Sister Christian doesn't come on the radio when I'm. That's driving. right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what kind no, of car you're driving. <laughs> I'm listening to Yacht Rock, sir. Uh, okay, another one. Um, this I, I can't wait, believe I'm reading this line, uh, these words to Thomas Jane in Celebrity True or False, but I will. True or False, you got kneed in the nuts on the boogie night set by an angry Burt Reynolds, who later then sent you a, a bottle of champagne the next day as an apology. True or False, Thomas Jane? Oh, God. Something like that happened. I, I uh, You know... Paul had said, hey, you know, after this scene is over, I'm going to keep the camera going. So, of course, you know, the director neglected to tell Bert that that was what was going to happen. So <laughs> the scene ends. Yes. Bert's like, you know, I'm done. You know, it's it's like, you know, where, where where's my lunch? And uh, and he's just like, what is going on? Who are you? You Instantly, the guy <laughs> just, you know, goes berserk and tries to kick me in the nuts. Something and that's what like happened? That. So he needs you? And, that, and, I don't remember. And so then what happened? I don't remember. So somebody explained to him that you were just yeah, following the, director's the, orders? Right, right, right. And then, uh, you know. And then a six pack of beer showed up in my trailer. Ah, six pack <laughs> of beer. Maybe that's where you got it. From. Maybe that's where you got it from later on for Kevin Nash. Absolutely. To pay it forward. Uh, what was it like being right. with Bert on that set? I mean, just in general, being on that set in general. It, it, that's one of the things I love about this movie. Is it just? It looked so fun for you to do. Yeah. It was an actor's sort of dream, right? We had all these really talented actors. A lot of us were young. And then we had guys like Burt Reynolds. 
I remember we were shooting a party scene and it was a big long take uh, through this house and so it was taking forever to set up and I remember Bert sitting in, we were shooting at a house out in the valley mm -hmm. and Bert was sitting in a chair like this one and in a living room and all the other actors, young, me and some other people were gathered around and we sat Indian style all around him on the rug and looked up at him while he regaled us with stories of being an actor in 1950s New York City and getting mistaken for Marlon Brando and running around there and auditioning with James Dean and all of the different sort of the, the world of, an, of being a young actor when he was our age in New York. And, and, come, and uh, it's one of those kind of unforgettable uh, moments, you know, where he, he, was, he was paying it backward or something. Sure. <laughs> he was, he was uh, giving us uh, sort of a, a feeling of what, of what it was, of, of, and, and that kind of passing of the baton mm -hmm. um, was a really neat moment. Yes, he was in the midst of a, a performance that would get him nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which, you know, Paul desperately tried to get him to do it without his toupee. And he would And he just wouldn't do it. He just couldn't do it. He's like, I don't know no if it would have had the same. Way. I don't know if it would have had the same. Yeah, I don't know. Effect. But that was the original uh, wouldn't idea. Have been as good. Yeah, yeah, he looked. He looked as good. You know. Oh, no, he looked great. You know. But I, I think it would have been. A, I think he probably would have won if he'd taken the two. I mean, with William H Macy and Philip Seymour Hoffman. That scene yeah. with him yeah, yeah. behind the wheel of the car after he just really uh, had 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 I'm opened a, himself up. I'm an idiot. Yeah, and then, you know, with all the cursing involved, too, like, that was unreal. Yeah. Just spectacular. Great and, stuff in there. And your scenes as well, you know, yeah. and... Um, yeah, we were young and hungry, and, uh, you know, those scripts don't come around very often. Thomas Jane, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, everyone should watch Tropo starting Friday, May 20th on Amazon Freebie. Thanks for coming here. Anytime you want to promote anything or just hang out, this hey, place is yours. Hey, thank you. You Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's Thanks, Thomas guys. Jane, everybody, right here on The Rich Eisen Show. We're back with more in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Back here on our terrestrial radio outfit. Look, uh, folks who are listening um, live on the uh, Rich Eisen show, um, one of, uh, you know, if you will, a curse uh, of, of an interview is when somebody feels so comfortable to drop uh, multiple curse words, which is a, a compliment, I think, to all of us. They yes, feel comfortable I, enough. They, they forget that there's a live mic in front of them. So for anybody out there um, who uh, might have heard Thomas Jane drop a, a few F-bombs, uh, I apologize and say that's an MP. That's not a YP. That's a my problem. That's an MP. Well, that was Burt Reynolds who said that. Well, he was Reynolds, just repeating. You know, well, he said he's just, you know, he's supposed to be effing with Burt. Burt can't do that. You know, we've heard some Burt stories yeah. over the yeah. years, Rich. Yeah. Paul, he could be an ordinary fellow. How about yeah. that? That he, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson wanted Burt to play the role without his toupee. And Burt's like pound sand. I, I, I kind of think it works. It. For I think that would have been really jarring for the audience. Well, and that's why a director is trying to get Burt Reynolds to, you know, perform in a way that you don't expect him right. so like he would look differently i think it works it would have been weird it works good i think it, this obviously i, I mean think the, whole movie, the whole movie the whole movie is character yeah the but movie's, movie's perfect, movie's perfect. Uh, it's truly it's one perfect. of the more perfect films it's pretty great yeah i'm still bugging off with the the cosmo news the cosmo man, with the firecrackers yeah that the cosmos and the <laughs> was i want you personally to be the one to do it with alfred merlina John C. Riley, Mark Wahlberg, and Tom Thomas Jane. Did he have a line? So we, I, I don't I think he spoke. He, no, he was he, just no, one of those, fire, those little, little firecrackers. I let everything. You know, and it's oh. one of those things when you're interviewing someone as well. It's just like, okay, I'm going to ask him. I can't wait to ask him about this scene because I knew, you know, Smitch, uh, Sean Mitchell came up with these dynamite celebrity true or false questions for him. And I, I knew I would ask him about this scene. And I thought to myself, how does he view whenever you hear sister christian on the on the uh you know motoring yeah, right that you think of that scene when you 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 think of that scene yeah right and so i'm like hey when you're driving in your car and you hear that song you know <laughs> do you think of that scene too and his answer is uh, we're listening to different stations rich <laughs> that, that, that is by yacht way, rock right wouldn't you say he's a motor and yacht rock in a way yeah by the way That's carol rockman who did reservoir dogs boogie nights the music pulp fiction mean? Supervisor, I almost got a job working for her. I got, a, I had an interview. One of the nicest women I, oh, people I've ever cool. met in my life. That's a good job. But I will <laughs> sit and say this: one of the biggest music supervisors that has done every one of her movies are insane. Mm. Like, go and look at her IMDb. You will, you'll be like, oh my god. Well, you told me, TJ, when. Thomas came out in yeah. the commercial break beforehand in <laughs> between know, hours two and three. I did not see this because yeah. I was getting back to my chair you here, thing, yeah. getting ready to interview Thomas Jane in such a way that he would be so comfortable to drop three F-bombs <laughs> in an A-hole yeah. um, that um, he went up. Thomas Thomas went up to, to, to yeah, Mike and shook said... Chris's hand, he shook Mike's yeah. hand, and then he had I this moment where Mike. He, he stared at Del Tufo. Yeah. He's like, I know you. And yeah. Mike's like, yeah, yeah, I think, I think we, I did something for six years. He literally goes, have we met? Yeah. Have we met before? Yeah. And I then Mike's I, like, yeah, I think so. Back in the days, 61. Yeah. 61 promotion. And he yeah, was he, like, he yeah, definitely had a familiarity with Del Tufo the second he saw him. So I was shocked. I'm not Pretty a cool. TJ level of, least, of people knowing. <laughs> at least you didn't say to him, yeah, I dropped you off at Liza Minnelli's no, house. No, stop. <laughs> wow. <Keep going. laughs> 
By the way, by the way, if driving we around could get, Liza Minnelli, Mike if we Del ever Tufo. could get Liza Minnelli, would she remember me? Would be the greatest. I don't know. If well, she would. no, I just saw Liza at the at the at yeah, the Oscars, and it was great to see her there. Awesome. But I, I think the the person, you know, I don't think he'll ever set foot on this show. Uh, Scott Bayo, whose house he, you dropped he, her off at. I met Roddy McDowell with her. Night. I met. Shirley McLean was on the movie with us. Uh-huh. I went to her house a couple times in Malibu, dropped stuff off. She invited me in for for like lunch. Shirley or, McLean? Oh yeah. Oh. People. I met Joel Gray because nice? Jennifer Gray was in it. Okay. I mean, that was a fun month that. and a half of work. The many lives of Del Tufo. It's Mike Del Tufo, everybody. I should have kept the cast driving job. <laughs> Not too late. No. I had a. It's never too late. It's never too late. loved me to put uh, outstanding actress singers uh, in the backseat of your car and drop them off for late night Actually, calls right and talk about them on live <laughs> television yeah, and radio. Twenty five years Liza later. Twenty five years later. Mark Helgenberger. They wrote up front with me. Look out! Do it, Mark Helgenberger. They, they would trust me. Mark Helg. If you did, it's just. She's been on this program yeah, before. Yeah. She was here in the she first few months. I know. Yeah. I know. Diehard Car- Carolina Panther fan. Um we, he just let us know that Mark Helgenberger drove up front with Mike, <laughs> so which is Liza. a great move by Liza you. Liza did too. Well, th- that's what you tell me I should do to improve you know my Uber. You almost got arrested with Liza's story in a Seven Eleven in Hollywood. Oh, we'll tell this another time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in the oh and, and oh I was God. in the Star when's Magazine. When's the other time? When's yeah? Right. When's another you want time? Me right now? Like, and well, I, I mean, I don't know. Star Magazine. We haven't cleared. We haven't cleared this. We got no more guests. The rest we, of this. We, show. Haven't, right. cle- we haven't cleared Mike, it. In but the words I mean, of Anthony Keaton, right. I haven't heard this. Time is right now. Amazing. So this is Mike Del Tufo. He almost got arrested in a Seven Eleven with Liza Minnelli. This is a true story. The, the the greatest Mad Lib of all time. Second day driving Liza to the set, taking her through Hollywood because she lived up in the Hollywood Hills. Yes. We she's like, I want some Toblerone candy. You know, you guys know Toblerone. Yeah, the chocolate. Yeah, made famous by uh, now, a famous not, Curb Your Enthusiasm I episode really a couple know, seasons ago. I didn't really know what they were. Very fancy knew, chocolate, Mikey. But I'm like, she goes, well, I go usually stop. We stop here and get it at this Seven Eleven. So I pull into 7-Eleven, Liza's next to me, we get in, I go in the front door, and I didn't see Liza gets out of the car behind me, and I didn't pay attention, because I asked the guy, where's Toblerone candy? He shows me the aisle, I go to the aisle, all of a sudden I start hearing like two people like a, arguing. A commotion. A commotion, and I'm like, what the F is going on? Right. It's Liza trying to go into the bathroom at the 7-Eleven, and the 7-Eleven owner saying it's employees only you can't go in there and i'm like oh my god i gotta stop this because i'm uh, mind you my second day driving lines i think i'm gonna get fired lose my job i beeline over to the bathroom and I'm, i go to the guy i go listen i go you got it you, you i go she lies you got to come with me she's like i have to go to the bathroom I'm like no you can't meanwhile the other guy that's working there has called the lapd what at the because of the commotion thinking that like Okay. It's Liza with a capital L. What's going on here? Well, we sit there. Exactly. So you know what I say to the guy? I go, you know, you ever watch The Wizard of Oz? The guy doesn't have any clue what I'm talking about. I'm like, Judy Garland, daughter, Liza Minnelli. I'm trying to explain to this guy. Yeah, right, right. Because I know, like, LAP, I see the police car pull up. I'm like, oh, my God. Black and white. Oh, yeah. 
I'm like, I am literally going to be arrested. What did she say? No, I don't know what happened. But the cop must have been right there. The cop, the car must have been literally a block away. And Why do you have to, no reaction to this, Chris? I have to then go up to the <laughs> cop and explain that. I think I've heard this story before. certainly have not. It's even more ridiculous the second time around. It's like, but yeah, I got us out is of getting happy arrested. Ending? The happy ending is I make the Star Magazine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About two or three weeks later, all the production in in the production where I worked, Von Zernick, Certain Films, yeah. get the Star Magazine, and this is in the Star Magazine. Liza Minnelli causes commotion in a in a Hollywood Seven Eleven, and with her new hunk boyfriend or whatever. Get out of here! I have to find the Star Magazine. They made fun of me for like six months. What year is that, Mike? 95. Dude, what is there? Star Magazine hot uh, blind item archives that you can find? I don't know. But Randy Sertner got it. The the, the executive producer. It was... So you talked talked everybody out of the situation? You did? You saved the day? Or... Oh yeah, so I the, got us so out. The, last the cop questions. goes, "Yeah, Wizard of Oz." I know it's July. Uh, okay. new immediately. Two other everyone knows who Liza Minnelli is, except for those two people who were working was, at the Seven Eleven. Like, All right, so last two questions. Yeah. Last two questions. One: Did Liza get to go to the bathroom or not? Uh, not there. <laughs> okay, and, and then number, place, number and two: I got the Toblerone. <laughs> 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 Where are you going? For, for and by the way, by the way, who goes to Seven Eleven for Toblerone? Where else would you go? Well, you normally, you normally go for just a straight, yeah, like a candy bar, like that Toblerone. Well, she said that that. That's where she got it. So I was like, okay, I'll go. Which 7-Eleven? Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Do you remember? It was on a Hollywood or Sunset. It was on one of those. Liza just wants a Toblerone and a Slurpee. That's it. I'll find somewhere in my house is the star (laughs) cut out. One of those, like, weak old taquitos kind of rolling in the thing. (laughs) Not weak old. By the way, write that down. Liza's weak old taquito. I mean, those are disgusting. I mean, this is fantastic. Sorry, I can't believe I, he's actually Brock. But I have told you the story. Heard, All right, let's that story let's take a break because uh, when we come back, um, we'll we'll set the stage on the PGA Championship. And apparently, apparently, one of the stars of tonight's Western Conference Finals Game One has been spotted having lunch before the game, oh. and it appears there's a pint being had, and it is going viral. Oh, and we'll hit on that when we come back here on the Rich Eisen show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind the scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve podcast. Part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Callaway Rogue Irons sitting out there. The new Rogue ST Irons, there's one for you. I'm telling you there's one for you because there's one for me. And if there's one for me, there's got to be one for you. And I'm not that great. Um, I'm playing it at a 14 right now. Does that make sense? That's not bad. Uh, I'm a 10 and a half. You're fine. uh, You're you're lying. (laughs) (laughs) Why would I lie to make it lower? 
Their most popular iron of the bunch is the Rogue ST Max. It's designed for the widest range of golfers. I love using it. It's so forgiving. And the great combination of speed with that forgiveness and all-around performance makes me love it. The low to mid single-digit handicappers, um, the Rogue ST Pro is for you. The best game improvement model is the Max OS. That's what Chris uses but lies about his um, his score. Uh, but there's also the Max OS like their most most forgiving high launch iron. Wider soles, increased lofts, and a lightweight package for players with slower swing speeds. Look, no other iron performs like the new Rogue ST irons. Find your Rogue ST irons at CallawayGolf.com slash go rogue. I think I got it, Rich. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that uh, in, in a few. Um, so, hey... Folks, um, the PGA Championship starts tomorrow. Yes. Can't wait for that first group. Rory McIlroy, who I love is in- incredibly popular, and I just love his, his way of speaking and his – I just – you just got to put four rounds together. Let's go, right? Let's go. I, I, he's I, playing well. He's playing well. But two top fives his last two times out. Here we go. It's his Two-time time PGA go. winner. Here we go. Let's, Let's get it started. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's, Let's go. go. Three Pete here. Let's go. Tiger in the group as well. Goes without saying. And there's Jordan Spieth. Did you hear what Jordan had to say about uh, how he came out of the Masters? No. And, you know. I know he played great last week. And, and this is, I love the honesty here. I am not playing this to try and slag on him. I appreciate the honesty here. Inspired by Tiger's performance, but in a way that you wouldn't think. Check it out. I feel very good about myself knowing he was on one leg and he made the cut and I didn't. <laughs> um, uh, but he also beat everybody in a U.S. Open on one leg. So uh, when I thought about that, it made me feel a little better. <laughs> what can you say, man? He made the cut on one leg and I didn't. Didn't feel great. It's the truth. It's the truth. And Tiger says he feels stronger now. How great is that going to be? It's going to be great. And also a big storyline in this PGA, Jordan Spieth needs the PGA to complete the career grand slam. Right, so that's, that's what Nance said yesterday yeah, when he was great. on the show. It's great. And then it won't matter anyway when Scotty Scheffler just wipes them all out anyway. You know, that's possible. John Rahm, too, is, uh, you know, looks good. This course is set up nice for him. It's going to be awesome. Heavy hitters. Golf is in such a great spot right now. There's so much talent in the top 20. Any of these guys could win. I just know Sunday I'm going to be like, how am I going to get out there? Yep. Anytime I watch a major tournament, I just want to go hit it. Yep. I want to buy new clubs, and I want to go play golf immediately. You'll get nothing in like it. <laughs> he, sounded, he sounded just like Spalding. Spalding. I, I want, want new clubs. I want a hamburger. <laughs> clubs, I, want I want new clubs. New You'll clubs. get nothing in like it. get nothing in like it. I want new wedges. <laughs> Danny, let me introduce you to Chuck Schick. Especially since he just got a free bowl of soup with the shirt he wore yesterday. (laughs) This is more like it. It didn't work. This is more like it. Now you're wearing black because the green shirt yesterday didn't work. Didn't work. I need a new shirt. (laughs) And uh, tonight, game one of the Western Conference Finals against uh, between the Warriors and the Mavs, and it's going to be lit. Can't wait. To see this conference finals in uh, in San Francisco, their beautiful new arena with fans in it. This is the longest the Warriors have gone in that new arena, as we all know. And um, it's Clay and Draymond and Steph running it back, trying to win a title this time with Jordan Poole and the rest of the 
youngsters. No Gary Payton the second. Unfortunately, it would have been neat to see him on Luca. You'd imagine he would have gotten some run on Luca at some point, right? I, mean, I don't know. Who's well, he's gonna, not guardable. I don't know who's going to guard Luca. You know, the the only person who could stop Luca is somebody who makes a fine pilsner. Apparently, <laughs> um, I have no idea. Again, we're I, I, we don't normally traffic in something that is not confirmable, but this is going wildfire on Twitter and everything else right now. I saw it from. Uh, uh, on Chris Long that's, or yesterday's guest's Twitter feed. That's where I saw it. And, you know, he, he's not one of those f- fellas that's just going to throw anything around willy-nilly. But it is a photograph of a guy who looks just like Luca sitting outdoors having a beer. <laughs> and it's definitely – there's so many people you see that look like Luca. Well, it's him. definitely Luca because it's somebody who only can be Boban yeah, sitting I mean, across from him from behind. There's only one – and Andre yeah. the Giant's okay. dead, so it has to be <laughs> yeah. Boban. And the guy to the left looks like if Bill Simmons put like 50 pounds on, right? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, what's going on? Okay. Yep. Um, so that's definitely not Bill. We can't reach out to him to confirm if it's yeah. – Not Bill. And the idea is that it's Luca. Today, but we don't know. having a pint. We don't that's know. a that is yeah. definitely beer. And let's just put it this way: if it's today, <laughs> if it's yesterday, yep. I don't care. Now I have talked about Harden's conditioning quite a bit on this program, and his way of going about his business. Apparently, from what I see, even though you say he's underrated, rocked up. Is that what you guys said to me, right? Yeah. He's strong. He's yeah. he's low key rocked up. Of course, he's strong. He's you're, you're not James Harden going to get going to the line all the time, hammered all the time. And but this is a different type of hammered. Or it's just Luca being twenty three and free and European and European and. Luca looks like a guy who could have a pint and then drop forty five on you too, right? Yep. Okay, so doing doing a little bit of digging here. So the guy who looks like um, Bill Simmons, yeah, Fat Bill Simmons. Oh, let's be careful now. Wow, sorry, no, that was un, that was uncalled sorry, for. But. Sorry, it's Igor Koska Kokosov, oh, who was a Mavs assistant coach. Okay, okay, he was with the Suns in 08, in two thousand eighteen. Okay, who suggested they draft Luca? So it's definitely a Dallas Mavericks gathering. No yes. question about it. And so Mavericks read it. Uh, there's a thread that says Luca was spotted out yesterday having a beer. Okay, there you go. I see. Looks like yes. Because a um, cold one, couple cold ones before game one, he might drop 50 tonight is what um, Chris Long put there. So everybody thinks he's having lunch today. By the way, it's not even lunchtime. It's right around lunchtime now. Yeah. yeah it'd be so, an early so this lunch. is this definitely yesterday. It's, it's definitely yesterday. It's definitely yesterday, and I, I love it. You go to San Francisco, have a nice lunch, hang with Boban, Hang with uh, you know large, not Bill Simmons, and 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 enjoy yourself, enjoy the community, and and drop fifty on the Golden State Warriors. And how do we know that that's not what he normally does? I love it. I mean, look, MJ. I think it's great. Smoke stogies, you know. LeBron's yep. drinking wine. And let me just ask this question: How much would you pay in a charity auction to be in lunch? to be a not Bill Simmons seat? Boban and Luca, uh, probably chopping it up. Low four figures. This is definitely San Francisco because there's those outdoor heaters. Yep. And the, you <laughs> what, know, they don't have those everywhere? The coldest winter anybody's ever spent is a summer in San Francisco, right? That's the line. Correct. So clearly they're there. 
Look at this. I mean, look, we've met Boban. We know how big his hand is. Look at his hand. Yeah. Compared, like, look at, and look at just swallow that pint glass. And yeah. look at not Jake Gyllenhaal in the foreground. There. <laughs> yes. Right. That looks more like Toby Maguire. Yeah. Not right. Toby Maguire's yeah. in the foreground. Okay. Uh, so bad. Both work. And that, little, and, and that looks like a light pilsner, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't that look like a, I mean, if we're if we're if we're really parsing everything now, that looks like a light pilsner. The only thing we can confirm is it's not a Guinness, other than yeah, that. it's not it's not one of those exactly. It's yeah. not going to weigh him down. I don't know how Luca rolls. It's hey, not going to weigh him down. He could be drinking a broken skull right now. How okay. luck? By the way, how lucky are we tonight? Steph Curry and Luka Doncic yeah. in go. a playoff. Western Conference Final. How, how about that? Two guys that can launch and hit from anywhere. Anywhere. Look out. We just got to wait till lucky about 6.15. We? Huh? It's going to be a late night. Yeah. Late start. Post 9 o'clock on, uh, well, on the West East Coast. Coast so, you know, I'm saying like that's, that's beautiful past thing 9 Eastern. Hey, just have a, have a beer at lunch and chill. <laughs> Clearly. Look, we, are we really it? ones to talk as much as we do? I mean, between Moses and Stone Cold, we've been... Throwing a few down in the That's middle true. of the day, so hey, we're not no judging. Way. Just yeah, in case we're, we're, we're not judging. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not judging. We're not However, him. we're not judged on our conditioning. That's a good point. Until I run a forty, I'm the only one in this room that's, that's judged on conditioning at all. <laughs> but what can they really say to you? Rich, you were slow, but you raised a million bucks. So exactly. you know, <laughs> one time a year. It's like Luca. <laughs> the same thing. It's just like, yeah, you've been drink. You, you you drank. What's about your conditioning? It's like, yeah, I thirty two and 10. I had as many points as the Phoenix Suns is at halftime in a game seven. Your thoughts? His response to that <laughs> post game. Did you see that? I know. Just they, they, had, they asked him if he knew he had as many points, and he just went, yeah, 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 yeah. And laugh. <laughs> he laughs more than anybody now. Hey, life is good, apparently. And guess what? This time next week, life's going to be real good for us, too, oh, fellas. Oh. I just got a feeling. Oh, dude. Don't let us win. I got a feeling life's going to be good for Hey, life's going to be good regardless. Whatever the outcome is. Exactly. It's, could just be a little and, bit and, better. And, and, and uh, put, put the photograph up one more time. Did, uh, was, is, uh, let's, what can we see? Is, is Bobon having his uh, a little soup? Oh, of course. Or is he making sure he's putting, he's reaching out right now to make sure he's using a coaster? And by the way, look at that hand. <laughs> I mean, look at his hand. Bro, I got a picture I posted on the show. Look at that hand. When Boban was here, I shook his hand. I'll post the picture. We got the one. We got the one Yeah, but that the was a little bit of a difference. I'm talking like, it's. Look at, look at that. <laughs> I mean, I'm his kid. <laughs> Look at that photograph with a shot with a filter because he was using an iPhone 3 at the time. First of all, that is not true. Congrats on TJ getting a new phone, everybody. That and Thomas Jane cursing three times. That's the headlines of the Rick Eisen show today. And I almost got arrested in Hollywood. You forgot I'm telling you, it's been the, worst, the biggest ago. Mad Lib story. I once was driving Liza Minnelli in Hollywood. We stopped at a 7-Eleven because she wanted Toblerone. She got into an argument because she wanted to use the bathroom and the cops got called. And I wound up in Star Magazine because of it. Oh.